Hey, Sherish, how are you? I'm good. How about yourself? Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, it's awesome to finally have you on. Um, a quick introduction. Cherish is a health coach who specializes in carnivore diets for women over the age of 35, primarily. And I wanted to hear a little bit about your story, how you kind of came to this way of eating and especially this way of coaching. I'm a health coach, too. So I get a lot of questions about the carnivore keto way. And I want to kind of hear your background and how you got into things. Okay, so um, originally I started this journey by um, watching a documentary called Fat a Documentary. I think a lot of people who are probably watching this are familiar with Vinnie Tortorich. And um, the time my husband was battling some pretty severe inflammation problems, he had just had uh, two neck surgeries and he wasn't doing well. And I came downstairs and I'm like, you gotta check this documentary out. This is that, like an anti-inflammatory diet. And of course, Vinny was talking about keto, right? right? The ketogenic diet. Yeah. And I was telling him about it. He said, well, if I do it, will you do it with me? And I was like, okay. So, cause at the time I felt like, oh, I didn't have any really weight to lose. I didn't have any, you know, health problems. It, my husband's never really like been interested in doing a particular diet. So of course, you know, he's diabetic for 25 plus years. If he says he's going to do something that I know is going to help him and lower his blood sugar and help yeah, his yeah. inflammation, I'm going to support him in that. Yeah. So we jumped feet first, didn't even research anything, got the keto flu and everything yeah. right away, you know, felt like dirt for the, like the first two weeks. Um, and I just started doing, you know, watching a bunch of YouTube, watching a bunch of documentaries, you know, um, also watched um, uh, Fat Fiction, yep. you know, learned all about Gary Tobbs, Nina Teicholtz, and watched all their YouTubes and just really delved into it. Couldn't shut up about it. So, you know, my friends got tired of me telling them all of these things. And of course, my husband had some amazing healing. You know, this is a guy who was on at one time, eight different medications to manage his type two diabetes. And wow. now he's on one, wow. right? Like immediately started having results. So that's a cautionary tale. You know, when you are starting, um, you want to make sure that if you're on any kind of diabetic medication that you tell your doctor that you are lowering your um, carbohydrate intake because your medicines get strong really fast. Yeah. We found right. that out the yeah. hard way. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of people don't know about keto flu until they get into it too. You you experimented with that as well. Same thing going full carnivore. You get keto flu, no problem. Um, so it's very, very important to make sure you're getting enough electrolytes. It's one of the, probably the most important things when you start this journey. Um, and as you lower your carbohydrate intake, it becomes more difficult to get electrolytes, especially if you can't get them from an avocado or something like that, if you're a pure carnivore. Um, mm -hmm. But now, now do you practice keto or are you, are you just, are you full on carn carnivore now? Um, I'm full on carnivore, hundred percent. I don't even drink coffee anymore. I gave up coffee in May of uh, this past year and haven't touched it since and really don't plan to um, you know, every now and again, I think about it, especially if I've had a rough night, you know, sometimes we have um, uncontrolled foreseen circumstances that cause disrupt in sleep, you yeah. know, and so sometimes that can make it a challenge <laughs> to stay awake. Uh -huh. But um, other than that, no, I, I eat meat, eggs, dairy, water, that's it. Wow. 
Wow. And then how long have you been kind of following this way of eating? I, I guess you could say including the coffee. Um, well, include, well, if you include the coffee, I started my carnivore journey, which kind of, I like titrated down a little bit. So I gave up maybe one or two things at a time. Yeah. Uh, started last July. So almost wow. two years. Wow. Yeah. Very impressive. And then a full year and a half of keto before that. Yeah, that's what I did. I did. I was um, a full year, about a year and a half, actually, of keto as well before I dabbled into carnivore. Mm -hmm. And now I have small amounts of fruit and honey as I've gotten much more active as a personal trainer. And okay. having that in small amounts, having getting those electrolytes from fruit that way has personally improved my sleep. It's improved my testosterone um, and it's just improved my energy from mm -hmm. when I was full blown out carnivore because I had a lot of electrolyte issues. However, remember that I'm 21 and I'm metabolically healthy and I don't rec recommend fruit for a lot of people because a lot of people aren't as active as me. Um, right. So if you're someone who is insulin resistant, I always say this and I never want this kid taken the wrong way. Just because I do some fruit and honey doesn't mean it's okay when you're insulin resistant. It uh, doesn't mean it's okay when you're metabolically sick or unhealthy. Carnivore is the way to go. Carnivore is the way to heal. Then right. from carnivore, you can start adding in the foods that you feel like will not affect you in a negative way um that for me happened to be the fruit and honey and if i added anything like coffee or anything from a plant or a seed immediately my ibs came back and told me right away this is not for you and right. even i have times where i add in too much fruit and honey and my ibs will come back that way as well so mm. there's a lot of signals that your body will tell you um what the right thing to eat is and what the thing to stay away from is uh, Absolutely. And I think you hit on a really good point. It's very individual, right? You pointed out that you're male, you're 21, you know, I'm a female, I'm 51. So I'm 30 right. years older than you, you know, right. <laughs> but when I was your age, I kudos, because when I was your age, I was doing all the wrong things. And when I, I say all the wrong things, yeah. I mean, all the wrong things, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's kind of gotten me to where I am today, because, you know, in it to heal for the long haul you know i'm i'm 50 but technically i'm probably only halfway through my life i have very um folks who live a very long time in my lineage so if i can do that healthy and not be sick at the end of my life you got a good shot i got a i got a better shot right Absolutely. so somebody like yourself who's starting out so young yeah a much better shot um, I totally even with agree. all the outside forces. Right? Totally agree. I don't know if you checked into my page too much, but I, a few years ago, I was 100 pounds heavier than I am now. That's mm -hmm. kind of how I got into the, all of this. Um, that's kind of how I got into keto. And it led to this point. But even though you're my age, a lot of people think you can get away with so many things. But mm -hmm. I intuitively ate and I was addicted to sugar. And what happened? Mm -hmm. I got seriously overweight. I got obese. And uh, it didn't take it took getting rid of that ad addiction to sugar and switching to fats to fuel on most of the time to really break that addiction to, to, to really feel my best uh, mentally as well. Right. Uh, I did want to touch on that electrolyte topic we were talking about before. Mm -hmm. uh, you, um, you coach a lot of people and how important is getting electrolytes uh, on a low carb keto carnivore diet? And what are your sources? How do you get them? How do you give people electrolytes? I've done all the things with electrolytes too. <laughs> so um, when I'm coaching clients, so it's really important when you are first starting that you pay attention to your salt intake. Um, I like to use salt as probably the best electrolyte for you. 
um, to avoid having leg cramps, things of that nature. Um, but yeah, you'll feel punky real fast if you um, try to go from a standard American diet to keto or to low carb or carnivore without supplementing with some kind of salt. Because the minute that you put salt under your tongue, um, when you're feeling that way, you instantly feel better. So it's like, you know, there's an electrolyte imbalance there. Um, so it's going to be, you know, it, it takes a little bit, but uh, once you get it down, you know, I think after a while, um, your need for electrolytes changes. It's never going to be um, uh, like just stagnant. It's going right. to change. Definitely. So I used to heavily salt everything when I first started. Um, my body craved it. I did LMNT, you know, yep. electrolytes. They're, they're one of my sponsors. I have them and... Uh... And Redmond's, do you recommend, Redmond's also another one of my sponsors. Do you recommend any salt in particular for people? Uh, that's all I use is Redmond's Real Salt. Yeah. There you go. There Love you it. Go. Love it. Um, yeah. So when it comes you're, to- You're salting heavily at first and then- Yeah. Salting heavily at first was using uh, the, you know, LMNT, went from the flavored ones. Then I challenged myself to do the raw because, you know, as carnivore, you're trying to remove stevia from your diet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was like the last bit of stevia that I had in my diet at the time. And it took this took months. I don't want people to think that I did this all at once. Oh, yeah. I'm the type of person that, you know, I just made myself a bunch of mini challenges, which I really think helps you stay successful long term yeah. on this way of eating. I think everybody's so excited to try all the things at once that sometimes and I was the same way. But sometimes that can backfire on you. And yeah. now you feel like you're missing out. But if you methodically remove those last 5% out of your diet, or methodically, like you said, add it back in, if you're thoughtful about that, I think that is more of a success for long term. Totally agree. Yeah. So back to the electrolyte story. Um, yeah, the raw was the last thing that I removed. And actually, over time, you know, I'm just salting my meat to taste. I salt my fatty latte, um, you know, that I like to drink to get the uh, fat boost in the morning. Over time, that's kind of like it's starting to wean down. Yeah. You know, definitely. like I don't find I don't need it as much. I find that the food tastes fine without the salt, like eggs. I used to never be able to eat eggs without salt. Right. can totally eat them without salt now. Yes, that's very similar to how I felt about fat when I started the carnivore diet is mm -hmm. when I started, I gained probably 15 to 20 pounds in the first few weeks. Mm -hmm. I was eating no joke, 30 eggs a day, at least uh, mm -hmm. I was eating probably three to four pounds of meat and a ton, a ton of butter and tallow. And when I, my body was so deprived from calorically restricting myself over so many years, I got a taste of that good fat and I just couldn't stop. I piled it on. And mm -hmm. as I've done this and as I've gone animal based and still 95% meat based, um, that, that amount of salt, that amount of fat, uh, in particular, the butter, I don't really feel I need as much anymore. It doesn't taste as good to me, uh, as when I was so restrictive on myself of my intake and kind of worried about my saturated fat intake until I learned that it's healthy and there's nothing to be worried about. Mm -hmm. I, I got a taste of that butter I just couldn't stop. And it slowly, slowly does go away. It, it took me probably seven, eight months for it to go away. Um, but I'm using a lot less added fats now. And I got a lot leaner as a result. And I still feel good. I'm not 
low fat by any means, but you know, moderate, moderate fat. And we'll go into ratios also later. That's okay. another thing I want to talk about. You kind of touched on was the cold turkey when starting carnivore. Um, for me, I know you said you like to ease your way into things. You like to slowly remove parts um, that you believe are inflammatory. You believe yeah. are causing you issues until it gets better. For me, I had a different issue. My IBS is triggered by any plant food. And mm -hmm. until I went cold turkey for a week, I it didn't go away. I did, um, when I lost the 100 pounds, I was very restrictive of myself calorically because I thought that's the way. I Googled it and that's the first thing that came up and I lost the weight that way. Thank God I learned about keto. Otherwise, I would have gained it back because it is not sustainable to starve yourself for that long. I just did it for a really long time. And I happened to be one of those five percenters that got away with it. Um, I was eating whatever I wanted. I ate sugar, seed oils. I ate once a day before I knew what OMAD was. I, I was doing OMAD. Okay. And um, then I transitioned into keto and I added a lot of meat and a lot of uh, vegetables. My IBS was still there. That was the problem. I still had really chronic IBS from a lot of the plant foods. And I felt way better, though, I have to say. I felt like a million times better. And then, obviously, I went full carnivore, and people said, you don't have to count calories anymore. I'm like, okay. But I, I gained weight, but the IBS went away immediately, like immediately, a week after. If I have literally spices or a bunch of spices, or if I have a bunch or like a few pieces of broccoli, mm -hmm. shoot right back up. I'm in the bathroom immediately. I'm very, very sensitive uh, my autoimmune d uh, disease is very sensitive to plant foods. Um, yeah. I have a few sips of coffee. I'm in the bathroom like immediately. So for me, for someone like me, going cold turkey was the best experience. So I think it definitely depends on your condition and um, everything that your your condition and really um, your whole case. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people with autoimmune have to go in all in right away right. to to heal themselves immediately. So you're a perfect example of that. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, how about somebody who's going in carnivore for weight loss? Now, when I went in for carnivore, I didn't lose weight because I was restricting myself. I was so lean. I was probably seven, eight percent body fat, mm -hmm. unnaturally lean. And my body just got a taste of that fat and could not stop. How about somebody whose goal is weight loss on the carnivore diet? What do you start with saying to them? Someone comes to you, you say, I want to lose weight on carnivore. What do I do? Well, I, the first thing I need to understand from them is why they want to lose weight. So do you want to lose weight or do you want to lose fat? Right. They're vastly different. 99% of the time they're going to say fat. They're going to say fat. Right. So first thing we need to do is try and figure out, okay, can this person live without the scale? And are they open to, you know, progress pictures? I oh, would so totally, totally uncomfortable when I first started carnivore with doing progress pictures. And, you know, I just didn't think that that was something that would be a benefit to me. I knew throwing away the scale. That was one of my first goals was to throw 100%. away the scale because 100%. I was totally obsessed with the number there. And it would ruin my day if I didn't see, like, if I was, you know, fasting or doing whatever, and I didn't see that number go down, I was totally upset the entire day. So throwing that away was one of the best things I ever did. I haven't been on a scale where I could see the numbers in almost two years. Wow. And I don't care. I honestly don't care. I go about how my energy is. How's my sleep? What's my stress level looking like? To me, these are all 
vastly important for especially especially if you lift weights as well especially yeah. if you train train there is no reason for that scale um exactly, exactly. Oh. i'm trying to regain bone density i did when i was your around your age um about my mid-20s actually i got very heavily into bodybuilding oh, yeah. and i did all the things back then that all the bodybuilders did to yep. cut weight and that was a very low fat high protein low uh, actually high carb diet awesome. pretty yeah well. so and i wound up losing my period and yep. i wound up with a fracture in my uh lower back that only people in their like 70s and 80s get from having low bone density yes and so i wound up with compression fracture in my back well that took me right out of the gym for several months and i blew up like a balloon because i was still trying to you know trying to manage a sugar addiction while laying flat on your back is not a good look so you know it's one of those things for me at this age and i think a lot of women at my age because of the constant restriction constant overfeeding constant restriction that yo-yoing back and forth um it can be harder to regain things that you need so carnivore is really not for weight loss in my opinion it is for healing like a, healing, like your relationship with food yes it, and 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 healing your whole body oh, just yeah. your bone density i mean i can tell you that you know uh even when I don't work out, which I currently right now I'm not, um, when I don't work out, I mean, I gain muscle mass in my legs and that's just from eating the appropriate yeah. protein, right? Yeah. I don't have to, you know, it's just from the daily stuff that I do, daily play, daily work and uh, lifting heavy things around the house. Yes. And I can gain muscle mass just because I'm eating this way. Yep. So carnivores healing first, weight loss is just butter on the steak. That's all it is. Totally agree with that. Totally agree. The, the whole idea is to get healthy and you will naturally lose the weight that yes. has to come off. Your body will eventually tell you your genetic set point and mm -hmm. no one's genetic set point is to be overweight. When I was seven, 8% body fat and I gained the 20 pounds, I probably sat around 13, 14% body fat until... Mm -hmm. Um, I finally got fuller and I, I reached about 12 or 13 and that's what I stay at now pretty much year round. And I don't have to think about it. I eat intuitively and it, and when you eat intuitively and when you have that healthy relationship, your body will tell you where you're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Your body's not supposed to be 30, 40% body fat, especially as a male. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for women, if you stay around 20 to 30 or even 25 to 30, that's pretty normal. That's pretty natural. Um, and the only thing that will get you above that point is sugar and more specifically an addiction to sugar. And that's, that's, a, you know, that's how it goes. And even too much fruit and honey can get you to that point too, because you have to remember, I say this, I've said this almost every podcast, but I'll keep saying it is all sugar turns to car, all carbs turn to sugar and too much of sugar, any kind can be inflammatory. So I do right. understand that that's a big difference between me and somebody like Paul Saladino who piles on a lot of lot of fruit and honey um but you have to be very very careful with those two and especially if you're an athlete don't overpilot. um otherwise you will gain some fat you'll put on fat yeah. um another thing i i know you spoke a lot about healing and healing your body and healing mm -hmm. your mental health 
How has your mental health improved since you started carnivore? Is there anything in particular that you noticed right away? Um, even if you went from keto to carnivore, did you notice anything when you took out that 5%? Yeah. So one of the things that I noticed is that uh, first there's, I, I'm a lot calmer. Okay. So mentally I'm a lot calmer. Um, you know, I come from a family where tempers are definitely um, there. And so I just noticed that, you know, like road, road rage is not really an issue anymore. You know, um, things at work don't, that used to irritate the heck out of me don't irritate me as much. I'm not going to say I'm a perfect angel because yeah. nobody is. There are some things that still get on my nerves. But they just don't get on my nerves as bad. And I noticed that my, um, you know, I think a lot of people have anxiety, but they don't realize that what it is when it's happening, you know, when you feel that sense of urgency and that sense of like, oh my God, if I don't take care of this now, it's going to be on my mind. Or the fact when you wake up, and you can't shut your brain down. That to me is what anxiety is. And so I noticed that um, with carnivore specifically, that that is really much, much lower. In fact, um, it's one of the reasons why I focus on prioritizing protein with my teenager. He has anxiety and he has ADHD and it's so much better for his brain I can't control everything this kid eats, but I'm always going to be pushing meat and eggs first and foremost. Especially, especially fats. I, I would argue that fats are even more important there as they control, you know, the majority of your hormones and hormonal health. So yeah, I, I should probably all, always say fatty meats because we don't eat lean meat. In this yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. We always eat the fatty meat. <laughs> yeah. Nobody, nobody wants to eat lean meat. That's no, no. Um, totally agree. Have you had an example of a, of a client that had a similar story that healed anxiety or depression? Yeah, I think it happens within, um, you know, my daily practice every day, you know, people are constantly telling me how they feel much calmer, how they're able to, you know, manage just, you know, daily life a lot better, how their temperaments better. So yeah, I, I see that often across my my book of clients. I, I have to say a lot of that is probably coming from their cravings and withdrawals to not having carbohydrates for a few hours. That's usually what mm -hmm. it comes down to is every few hours, the human body is not supposed to be eating every two or three hours. And society has made it such a norm um, for that to happen. And when you don't eat, if you have a higher carb diet, um, you, you just don't feel satiated. You don't feel like yourself. You feel like like angry and like antsy and it totally goes away um for majority of people i've seen it myself as well when they go even keto will help it but carnivore really really helps it yep my uh my next question for you um it's a fun one i just wanted to to hear some of your favorite recipes a lot of people say carnivore can get boring there's only 10 foods i like it i think it's very simple i think everything tastes good but sometimes mm -hmm. you gotta spice it up so um, I've seen a little bit of your Instagram um, and a few of your recipes. Can you can you tell me some of your favorite ones that you made or share some unique recipes with us? Okay, so one of the favorites that I probably have almost every single day um, is the fatty latte, which was inspired by uh, Elizabeth Bright's book. Um, and she had two recipes in there and I kind of fused them together and made my, my own recipe. And it's probably something that a whole bunch of people have done before, but it's basically egg yolks and butter 
and I don't do coffee anymore. So I used hot water with really? some salt. It tastes good with water. Yeah. Oh, wow. it's delicious. Interesting. You blend, you froth it up. It's amazing. I have to try, have to try that. I never okay. imagined it with water. Uh, every time I uh, look at the Bulletproof coffee, uh, Bulletproof, yeah, Bulletproof coffee, everybody's doing it with coffee uh, and butter, but I've never done water, egg yolk, and butter. I've had all in their isolation, but I never mix them together. Like I, I have egg yolks all the time, like straight up, but mm -hmm. uh, I never put it together in, in water and, and drank it like that. So I will try that out. What up? Anything else? Well, just real quick back on the, the latte. I do yeah. have a quick tutorial about it because like, you know, with the egg yolks, I don't know a lot of people, if you haven't tried it before, if you don't blend it quick enough, that egg yolk will cook. So you want to make sure oh. you get in there fast enough to get that blended. I so see. there's a little tutorial on YouTube on my YouTube channel. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, you'll shout that out at the end. Everyone will be able to reach you. It'll be in the description. Okay. Of the video. Cool. What, any other recipes that you have? Oh yeah. So, um, I, every now and again, I go dairy free and dairy free for me means no cheese. I don't do heavy whipping cream anymore. It's too addictive for me, but agreed. Uh, agreed. yeah. <laughs> so I, like every other month or so I'll, I'll challenge myself. I like to challenge myself with, you know, different things. And one of those is not doing cheese, um, on a monthly basis. I did that for October. It's hard. And so, you know, during one particular month, it was like, you know how the space is, there's like a trend that goes on and everybody kind of jumps on it and chaffles were like all over oh, yeah. Instagram. Everybody was doing chaffles. And I'm like, I'm dairy free right now. I can't, I cheese free. I can't do this. So um, I decided to try to make a, um, a chaffle without the cheese and I called it a poffle. I, I think I've done that, but unintentionally but with the rest of the egg yolk blend that was there. And it was, it was fine. It, you barely noticed much of a difference, to be honest with you. The yeah. cheese was just a little fattier. Um, I actually, uh, leads me to my next question, which is I do raw dairy only. I don't do any pasteurized dairy because I find that it becomes really addicting. This could be, and as this is my theory, is because pasteurized dairy is not as nutrient dense as you might think it is when pasteurized dairy gets heated up it loses a lot of the nutrients including a lot of the fat soluble vitamins in the cheese and the milk whatever mm. raw cheese i i can eat a whole block of pasteurized cheese in one sitting no problem mm -hmm. raw cheese i'm full i'm i get full faster do you think just because of the nutrient profile you should have raw cheese and what do you think when you do have dairy is it pasteurized or raw well it's illegal in illinois here to sell raw milk uh raw cow dairy um we can find raw goat dairy here yeah um, if i have to order it i would have to order it on the internet and i haven't done that yet um just because i don't eat it that often and uh, so yeah i i don't have a choice if i'm going to have dairy in fact um it's going to have to be pasteurized and yeah. it's funny you bring this up because at the time that we're recording this um, I am going to have to move into a soft diet, something that, um, you know, is going on that I have to have an extraction for my tooth. And so I'm going to be challenged with going to foods in the carnivore space that I have steered away from because they're pasteurized and they have sugar added. So yogurt, kefir, cottage cheese, these are all carnivore foods, right? But they have carbs in them. 
Yes, they do have trace carbs. Correct. I'm I'm more worried actually just about the nutrients in them and all the added the additives and preservatives to them mm -hmm. more so the trace carbs. I'm not really worried too much about the trace carbs. What what bothers me the most about these foods is a lot of carnivores think that they're super healthy by piling on a lot of cheese and piling like especially the fake cheese. Like this is factory stuff. This has been heated up. This is this is stripped of a lot of nutrients. And the whole idea of carnivore is to prioritize nutrient dense foods with a lot of nutrients to keep you full and satisfied and satiated. So that's yeah. my whole thing is I don't recommend pasteurized cheese to a lot of people. But for your situation, um, if you could find raw milk, that'd be really ideal. Egg yolks are obviously something you're gonna do, I'd assume. Um, I, I'd assume melted a lot of melted butter as well. Um that's tough. Uh, you can't do ground beef at all, I'd assume. Well, I'm going to figure it out and everybody's going to watch me do it. <laughs> there, you go. there you go. I will figure it out. I, you know, you can Google that stuff, you know, um, and unfortunately it doesn't look like a whole lot of people have been uh, in my situation yet. So situation. it's going to be a new and fascinating journey. I will tell you this. I am going to lean into liverwurst like I never did before. I oh, love that stuff. Got it. And, um, you know, U.S. Wellness Meats uh, makes a wonderful liverwurst that has no sugar in it whatsoever. Wow. So, yeah, I'll be leaning into that, leaning into eggs. Um, yeah. So, and if I can figure out a way to blend steak and make it into a pate, I'm going to figure it out. There you go. There you go. Well, how long are you going to be doing this for? Well, that's a good question. At least a week. Okay. Um, told it could go as long as four months. So it's going to be wow. an interesting journey. Yes. Myself so, and uh, coach Adek, who I coach with in our group to steak and butter gang. She is uh, her and I are going to be talking about it quite extensively because it's going to be an interesting journey. I have to say, if you're doing this and it goes into the holiday season, that is very, very impressive, especially like carnivore is restrictive uh, based on the food uh the the type of foods that you can eat this mm -hmm. is even more restrictive um however the portions are not restrictive which is something i love about it mm -hmm. but for people who are starting carnivore fairly new to this way of eating how do they stay on track during the holidays how have the holidays been with your way of eating do you have a difficult time does your family do something like you do do they support you etc um, they support me because they support me. Now I get a lot of funny looks and a lot of questions when I go to my extended family's homes. Right. But everybody's yeah. been knowing that I do this for a long time now. So, um, you know, I bring the meat and I let them deal with the sides. That yeah. way I know I can control the volume of meat. I'll give you a story. So we were invited over to my mother's house one time for a barbecue. And I told her, I said, I'll bring the meat. And she was like, no, 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 we have enough. Well, of course, Brandon, they didn't have enough. They had one package of frozen burgers for people who aren't eating, filling up on a bunch of sides or having a bun with it. Yeah, that's like one burger per person is not going to work. Yeah, <laughs> so this is how I handle it. I make one for the party and one for me, you know, so it's like you have one tray, say, of meatballs and that's for all the guests. Cause they're yeah. not going to eat just that. And then the, I make one whole tray for just me and my spouse. So that's kind yeah. of how I handle it and um, eat beforehand. Oh my gosh. If you're going to somebody's house, eat beforehand. definitely fill up beforehand. 
I'm your favorite carnival foods for sure. Good idea. A lot, a lot of my family does support me, and a lot of them actually cook very, cook a lot of things that I can eat. Like they will always, they'll tell me they'll cook in butter now. Um, they'll always have seafood, meat, or eggs available wherever I go, mm -hmm. so I have no issue with that. Um, what I'm doing now, I'll bring a little bit of fruit, or I'll have a little bit of fruit uh, for the dessert. But mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's not that difficult if you've been doing it for a while. And you build those solid habits because at the end of the day, the whole diet comes around building a habit and correctly disciplining yourself to a habit and sticking to it because after all, it does impact your health really positively. So it's it's something worth doing. Um, so I know a lot of my clients at the gym um, when I where I personal train, they have a really hard time sticking to something over the holidays or over any holiday. We just experienced this in Thanksgiving. Like I had a lot of my clients being like, Oh, I cheated on Thanksgiving. I had like a huge plate of stuffing. I had a bunch of sweets and a bunch of desserts. And what ends up happening is whatever I was telling them to eat the whole week or two after, they're still, now it's been almost three weeks after since we we're recording this, they're still eating like they're still eating garbage because they fed that sugar addiction that was gone for so long. So right. that one time isn't just one time because nobody can do moderation as you and I probably both know moderation doesn't work for a society. It just doesn't work. It can lead to so many awful issues. And um, stick and carnivore is the way. Eat till you're full every meal. Eat till you're stuffed before a family event. Totally agree with you. Bring yep. your own food to a family event. And have something waiting for you when you get home. Yeah, literally. Because sometimes that's that fear of missing out. And you might be picking up on the addictions of the people around you. Dr. Joan Iflin talks about mirror neurons and you kind of mirror what you're around. So if you're around these folks, you know, for several hours and yeah. they're all partaking in all these horrible foods and there's horrible foods all around you. Yeah. You know, it could spark off your own addiction, even if you've been carnivore for a really long time. Totally. Totally. And this. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, no. Go ahead. And and this totally goes into um my my debate on genetics, which everybody asks me about is being overweight, a genetic problem. Mm. And here's what I like to say is if you grew up in a house where your parents were addicted to sugar, they had sugar at every meal, they feed you sugar at every meal you're around that environment. Your environment totally impacts the way that you eat and the way that you feel. So mm -hmm. genetically, yeah, if you were given the wrong parents that ate the wrong things and taught it to you your whole childhood, you're screwed. You're done. That's it. But generic, yeah. genetically, if you had really healthy parents that were lean and that had practiced all these other things, like they exercise, they sauna, they walk, um, they, you know, they read all these other really healthy habits, they also could pass it on to you. So it's total luck of the draw. That's where I see genetics come in. What what do you think about that? Is genetically someone predisposed to be really overweight or will a carnivore diet totally fix that? Um, I think that uh, I agree with you. So I'm, I'm kind of in that same mindset. As, as a matter of fact, I asked this very question of Dr. Phil Ovedia, who, um, yes. you know, he's coming on the podcast. He'll oh, be ask him this question. So Absolutely. you'll get the same answer that you just gave yourself. Is that like, it's really a lot of environments because again, you're eating the same foods that the household that you grew up in. So right. like for myself, we're talking, you know, TV dinners and we're talking sandwiches. You know, I didn't grow up in the, um, in a, I grew up in a single uh, parent household. So funds were tight, right? So, you know, I, there was a lot of Swanson TV dinners going on and a lot of just really not the greatest quality food. 
And, you know, so, and what am I predisposed to have some of the conditions that my mother is battling now? Um, I'm not thinking so. I'm thinking that because I was able to stop at a certain point and say, I don't want to eat this way anymore. And I eat a different way that I am betting on a lot of that reversing. So a lot of that not being an issue. Um, And Dr. Ovedia said the same thing. He said that actually um, what we like to say might be genetic and may be more environmental because you're eating the same things your parents are eating. Totally. Totally. A hundred percent. Yeah. He's totally right. I'm excited to have him on as well because I want to hear his his thoughts too. Um, And then the other thing people like to say is, well, I'm older, so carnivore won't work for me because you have a faster metabolism, so you can pile on all that butter. What are your thoughts on that? What would you say to that? Um, I'm 21. A lot of people that are 50, 60 totally disagree with a lot of things I have to say. And they say, oh, because you're young. But then I counter and I say I was 18 and I was 100. I was 260 pounds, 100 pounds heavier than I am now with a major sugar addiction. Mm-hmm. How does it have to do with age? What are your thoughts on metabolic rate as we age? Well, you know, there definitely is. It, it does become a little bit more of a struggle as you get older, but there's a lot more to heal. Yes. So like to your point, you even said it and you say it to the folks that challenge you is like, well, hey, wait a minute. I can't I'm not the type of person. And it's very individual. I'm not the type of person that can just eat and get away with that whatever I want for however long I want. You know, you got your body to a certain point and your body was like, well, wait a minute, this isn't good. So, you know, you made the change and yeah, you had great results and they happened probably quicker than it would happen for somebody like myself. Um, You know, we have a specific group in the Steak and Butter Gang. There's a class that we teach myself and Coach Adek. It's called the Long Haul Healers. And it's because there are some people that for whatever reason, their metabolic rate right now, like you said, the body's always looking for that set point, right? Yes. So for whatever reason, the body wants to be at a certain set point. So it takes a little longer because there's probably healing going on inside of you that you have no clue. You can't Instagram. Which you is know. Why the, another point why the scale makes no sense. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Totally. You can't Instagram reduction of anxiety. You can't Instagram, you know, better sleep. You can't Instagram reduce stress. You can Instagram weight. You can Instagram fat loss and muscle strength. And that's great. But that's, I think, where we've gotten into this um, society where we're so eager to have a quick fix. Yeah. So like we have to have it immediately. Everything has to be done immediately. We've all been there. We've all done that. But guess what? When you've lived this long, when you live five decades, you learn real quickly that, hey, it's I didn't get here overnight. This didn't happen overnight. Right. I'm sure the weight that you lost was not gained immediately. Correct. It wasn't, didn't happen overnight, did it? No, I was obese. I was overweight, obese my whole childhood, whole mm-hmm. childhood. I was the right. fat kid in the whole school. Yep. So is it realistic to expect that within 90 days, you're going to lose everything? Hell no, absolutely no not. No matter what your age, right? It's No, that's unrealistic. Here, here are my really? thoughts on this. I, uh, I agree with you that once you get to 50, 60, your metabolic rate slowly, slowly declines. Um, mm-hmm. However... When you are 30, 40, 
a lot of people get sedentary jobs in a chair and their lifestyle and their environment drastically changes to when they were 20 or 25. When you were my age and you have you were in school or whatever, most people at my age are in college and they're very, very active. They're moving all day long. They have a very active lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And they created some really good habits for themselves for the most part. Not everybody eats correctly, um, but a lot of people work out. A lot of people build lean to muscle mass. Yeah. So do you think that as you age, as you get to 30, 40, as you have kids and you're not and, you know, you decide not to work out or you decide to let your muscle mass go, you decide to be sedentary in a chair all day long over years and years in your whole 30s and your whole 40s. By the time you get to 50, 60, your metabolic rate is nothing what it was when you were 20. But whose fault is that? Don't you think? Isn't that your fault for building up habits? Um, because I see a lot of people that are 30, 40 doing this way of eating that look phenomenal, that look like mm-hmm. way better than what a 30 or 40 year old looks like nowadays. And mm-hmm. that could just all be environmental habits, like a sedentary job, or just a sedentary lifestyle and not making time to do things that you should do. You make an excellent point. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm standing right now. There you go. I- I don't sit down at my desk. I I actually, once I got from like keto to carnivore, I really wanted to just stand all the time. I wanted to be moving all the time. Oh, totally. I, oh my God. I have an under the desk treadmill and I walk all day long, very slowly. There's no like cortisol increase because it's really just a stress reliever. Really? So I think I, 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 I like your point. I like what you're saying. Um, I think there it's, it's more than just, you know, on that person, because, you know, the society is set up for us to be less active. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like social media can like draw you in and you can be sitting there on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube all day long. Right. So I like what you're saying about the conscious, you have to make the conscious effort to move more, to, you know, it, pay attention to your diet. But at the end of the day, I feel that it's 90% diet and t- probably 10% all the other stuff. I totally agree. And I totally agree with you that your diet influences your activity level and your want to do things. Um, mm-hmm. When you eat crap, not only do you feel like crap, you mm-hmm. also feel really sluggish, really lazy, and you have no drive. You have no motivation to go work out you can't discipline yourself because you feel like garbage and mm-hmm. you don't want to do anything. I've been there. I've been the exact same spot. That's why I'm a coach. That's why I got into coaching It's because there is a way to improve this. Um, and it's really easy and you'll probably like it because everybody likes meat and steak and eggs and, and fish. Everybody likes that. Um, mm-hmm. Just eat as much of it as you want and ignore the other garbage and you'll immediately feel a spark. And I, I'm moving my hands this whole time just because throughout my day, I have no point in the day where I have energy crashes um, and I've only experienced that with an excess of carbohydrates throughout my day. I'm ultra focused all day long. I want to exercise. I actually want to move. Of course, as a trainer, as a personal trainer, there are some days where I don't want to exercise. Like you said, not everybody's perfect. No, no one's, no one's perfect, but you know, your want to do things is so much more. Your drive just naturally will increase as your body is filled with proper nutrition. Yeah, I think and there is a couple points, uh, though, during the carnivore journey that people can experience a where, you know, their body is calling out for more sleep. 
Um, you know, it's usually transitional. Yeah. I noticed it in my journey when I went from keto to carnivore that I needed a nap or two, just because the body's working so hard to process that additional protein and fat that you have been denying it for so long. Yes. When you get fat adaptive, when you change your gut, definitely you can, you can feel like that. You can totally not sleep the best. It, it, again, sleep is more of a hormonal thing. It totally depends on how much fat you're having in your diet. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, when they start carnivore, they just don't do that much fat because they've been scared of, of doing that much fat, yeah. especially yeah. animal fat. People are scared to put a lot of butter on things thinking that it's going to cause harm, but no, this is what actually puts you to sleep. This is what actually fixes your hormones. And it's a big part of your healing process. Oh, um, and good for your mental healing too. Definitely, butter, right. Animal fats. Definitely. Totally. totally. Saturated fat is so crucial. Mm -hmm. um, speaking on that, one of my last questions for you here is are fat or protein ratios important and how so when they start carnivore, what should you do? How do you go about experimenting with your fat ratios? I, me personally, I probably do 60 to 70% fat and around 30 to 40% protein. I don't track anything, but I have a guess of what that, where that would be. I don't pile on the, the butter like I used to. I know some people that are like 80, 20 with like a ton of fat and everything, and they feel their best that way. How do you do your best? How does a person that's starting this experiment with this? So I think for me, I like to be very simply carnivore, try not to worry about um, macros. You know, for me, you know, that's important if you're eating carbs and yeah, the carbs, like you said, are very in innocent, incidental. You know, you're probably going to be under 10 if you're eating a, a, you know, proper carnivore diet. So I kind of like to focus on, well, you know, eat your favorite carnivore foods and limit dairy. You know, don't lean so much into dairy unless you're trying to put on weight for some reason. There you go, right. And dairy is one of those things that can be um, addictive for some people. Um, so I like to say, you know, just eat the fatty meat. Eat, eat what you crave, what you love. Lean into it at first. Get yourself nourished properly first. And then you can start experimenting. So when you say about, I was huge into tracking with keto. So much so that I actually would get mad at my husband when he would make us dinner and then he would go over my carb count. And I'm like, I can't eat this. It's too carby for me, you know? And we're talking vegetables. We're not talking like bread or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. Silly, right? So um, for me, just letting go of that, that's why I love carnivore. I was able to let go of all that. Right. And so just kind of looking just for giggles because tracking used to be a big trigger for me, me you know? Me and so I have to be careful if I'm experimenting and wanting to know. So just for giggles, um, I just kind of see, okay, what I love to eat, um, where do I land macro-wise? And yeah. yeah, a lot of times I'm 80-20 just based upon the foods that I eat. And even if I take a fatty latte out of there, it's around 70-30. So it's somewhere in between. So it's definitely higher fat. Um, yeah. and moderate protein. And I think that's where most carnivores are going to be. And so you don't have to worry about your macros unless you're trying for a specific goal. You right. Know what I mean? in, in which I don't even tell people for me personally, when I put mm -hmm. on all that weight, I honestly might've been 90, 10. I had so much added mm -hmm. fat in my diet that I had so, so much fat. And I wasn't using all that energy. My body didn't know what to do with the energy and I stored it. And that's what happened. And 
when I shifted to a leaner, slightly leaner cut of meat, I'm talking like from 7327 to like 8020 and a little mm -hmm. less butter. And I became almost, I don't know, 7030 or 6545 or whatever you want to call that. And it, it worked for me. Now that doesn't necessarily work for everyone, but right. the higher protein intake actually just kept me satiated and um, allowed me to get leaner. Now I have a lot of people too that on 80-20, they lose a lot of fat and they just, honestly, 80-20, the higher fats are so much better when you're fasting. And that's, mm -hmm. that's a lot of that correlation comes from people that are also fasting and they lose a lot of fat that way. There's mm -hmm. no specific way, but if I were to have someone lose weight on carnivore or lose fat and make some changes, I don't necessarily tell them to stop tracking stuff. I say, first of all, if you're having any fruit and honey, get rid of it. Second mm -hmm. of all, if you're having lots of dairy, very small amounts of dairy because dairy yes, as you said <laughs> dairy, dairy, i know it's hard i'm telling you raw dairy is a different story raw yeah. dairy is a lot harder to over consume for me personally it's such a trigger for me like i literally i, I don't even have it in the fridge anymore i have mm -hmm. it at my girlfriend's house and i don't overeat it there mm -hmm. uh, but i say dairy in small amounts if you can't handle dairy like i can because i'll eat the whole block uh mm -hmm. don't have dairy and stop adding a ton a ton of butter um, if you already have enough energy um, and slowly, slowly lower that amount until you're still moderate fat, at least you have to be moderate fat because that's your only energy source. Um, and eventually they will get leaner over time. And, you know, if you want to gain weight, dairy is your best friend. I, I wish I wish for some people. Um, yeah. I but... think the, the, the real point is, is that it is very bio individual and yeah. that's what we're coaching. Like what we do comes in so handy is because you can really, you know, modify the way somebody's eating so that it fits for them because there, you just don't know what's going on inside that person's body at a cellular level. Right. So they have to play around. So for myself, like you just talked about um, backing off butter, Butter is so great. Animal fats are so great for female hormones. Yeah. I mean, my hormones completely tanked out when I was too lean on carnivore, completely tanked out. I couldn't fast, felt, you know, low energy. Once I brought in a higher fat diet and remembered how great I felt on high fat keto and started really focusing on the higher fat, I mean, everything just started getting better you know? So, and then now that everything is getting better, now we can start playing with, okay, we've, we've healed some things. Now we can say, okay, maybe I can back off butter just a little bit, a little bit at a time. Like I said, titrate down, you go all in all at once. And then that's when I don't feel like, you know, you can really evaluate what's working and what isn't, yeah. you know, if, if you can like just back off a little bit. And then if you see some progress, you're like, whatever progress means for you. Because sometimes if you get rid of too much animal fat and you're having, you know, depression or anxiety and you notice that it comes back, well, is an extra five pounds of fluff worth great mental totally health? Totally not. Right? So right. it's really bio-individual. So and I love everything because, you just said. Especially because those extra five pounds of fluff are not going to make you fat. That's not that's not what's going to make you fat or overweight or obese. You still won't be overweight or obese with a high fat carnivore diet. No matter who you are, eventually your body gets satiated. Eventually, you're you naturally will tell yourself to stop unless you're literally forcing yourself to eat sticks of butter a day. It's pretty mm -hmm. damn hard. 
Um, it's pretty damn hard to get really overweight eating eggs and meat and butter and fat. Um, try it for yourself. Um, that, and if butter doesn't do it for you, beef fat trimmings, I noticed. That's, that's what I like to say too, because oh, a lot, a lot really of, I, I, use, <laughs> I use tallow. I use tallow primarily mm -hmm. to cook with. And a lot of people start carnivore with lots of butter and lots of pasteurized butter. So remember that during the pasteurization process, a lot of the fats are taken out. A, D, E, and K are all taken out in significant quantities. And mm -hmm. they're not, it's not raw butter. It's, it's you know, it's sweet cream pasteurized is what most people use. Just making yeah. that switch to something you're pure and nutrient filled like tallow can literally be all you need to satiate you because Again, I was going crazy on that butter and it was not raw until mm -hmm. I prioritized the raw dairy is when I really started getting lean and and in great shape. Um, but you're not going to get out of shape by having um, too much pasteurized dairy. I'm just saying if you had a goal and you had a weight loss goal and you wanted to get leaner, that's something you could try. Also, yeah, the anxiety, the depression, that's huge. Your, your fat is your only source. Uh, that's your source. Your protein mm -hmm. is helped to repair, to build muscles, to build tissue. Um, but fat is what you rely on. Um, so it's so important. You can't be a low fat carnivore. It doesn't exist. You, that's your, that's your fuel source. That's your fuel. That is what really, really controls your bowel movements, your anxiety, your depression, all your mental health, all your performance, your physical health, mm -hmm. the most important macronutrient by far. You can go months surviving on just fat. You can only go a few weeks with just protein and no fat. And you can go not that much time as we've seen in current health with a lot of carbohydrates. Um, so it was awesome having you on. Thank you so much for coming Thank on the you. podcast today and the YouTube channel. And my last question actually for you is where can people find you? How can people contact you? Instagram, websites? All the things, right? Okay. So I'm on YouTube and Instagram yeah. and I also have a website all with the same name, Cherishing Your Health, all spelled out. Got so, it. Yep. Cherishing Your Health. Sounds great. I will leave everything there also in the description as well. It was great meeting with you and we will hopefully collab soon in the future. Absolutely. I look forward to it. You got it. Take care. Thank you, Brandon.